Mindless Can, the podcast with radio personality Jane Lindley Thomas and psychologist Paul Bushel. Because every act of kindness, no matter how big or small, can change lives. In this series, Jane and Paul hope to enrich your life by giving you practical tools on how to be kinder in your relationships with yourself, with those around you, at home, work, and in your community. We wanted to chat about kindness in the workplace. And I just want to start with this statistic. One in four South Africans were diagnosed with depression in the workplace in 2018, stress, anxiety, depression, and mental difficulties. Gosh, when I hear that, Jane, I'm not surprised. If I'm actually honest, I'm not surprised because it's tough out there. It's tough globally, but in South Africa in particular, we we find ourselves in tough times. So as much as I'm not surprised by it, at the same time, of course, I'm very alarmed and worried by a statistic like that, that there are so many people out there, so many of you out there who are really, really struggling with really hard experiences. And I mean, if you look at how much time is spent at work, it's such a shame to think that people go to work being unhappy. Yeah. You know, statistically speaking, uh, we talk a lot about statistics today, but statistically speaking, they often say that uh, if we're lucky enough to be employed, We spend as much as 80% of our life at work. So the things that are happening there are a big part of of our life and our experience. They make up the stuff we take home, the stuff we arrive with the next day. We carry that inside of us. And so we've got to find ways to be kinder to ourselves in those spaces. But we also need to find ways to be kinder with one another. I mean, it's almost like a social experiment. Let's put as many different people with different backgrounds, different situations into a confined space for many hours of a day. I mean, it's madness. Go. And, and, you know, we often talk about when we hear the word bullying, uh, we often associate it with teens and we often associate it with stuff that happens in schools. But Jane, you and I both know so well through the conversations that we're having with, with corporates and with adults that bullying is something that happens throughout our lives yeah. uh, and in a lot of workspaces as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, how many times have you actually connected with a person in your office on a, like, uh, on a soul level, mm. on a how are you doing level? Yeah. Because I feel like most of the time it's just like I'm here to do a job of work and I'm just going to get it done. Mm-hmm. And. I suppose there's reasons for that sometimes. We kind of want to keep it professional or we don't want to show a vulnerable side to ourselves because sometimes our workspaces can feel competitive. So I suppose I get where it comes from sometimes, but I think in the process of being overly caught up in that, we're missing out. Mm. We're missing out on wonderful opportunities to share ourselves and also get to know amazing people around us. There's a beautiful video that we saw. Well, let's oh. talk about it. <laughs> I was Don't, hoping we were going to go. There. Are you going to cry? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. So basically, this this video is shot in um, like a hall of sorts, and you see a whole lot of people entering a room. And at first glance, everyone you can see scoping everybody out, and there's that kind of barrier between the obvious differences. They look different to each other. Yeah, know? but I mean, when you go into a workplace, we are all different. Absolutely. You know. And basically what happens is there's a guy with like a, a mega, a megaphone, loud hailer type of thing. He's the boss. And he starts calling out different categories. So he'll say something like, would all the heartbroken people step forward? Oh my gosh. Hey, will the people who are going through a divorce step forward? Will the people that were bullied at school step yeah. forward? Will, will the, the class clowns step forward? Will the bully step forward? Yeah. And all of a sudden you see 
this perception swing and this community like unity start to envelop yeah. this room full of people where they realize that they have more in common than they thought they did. Yeah. So you see the nurse standing next to the biker guy uh, and they're going both going through a, a divorce and in ordinary life, uh, just based on the way they kind of look and the judgments they place upon each other, uh, they avoid conversations. They don't ask questions of each other. They probably don't even smile at each other. And in doing that, they miss each other. They miss the fact that they're both going through this very hard process and they probably could be amazing support, support. to one another. So yeah. we kind of just miss each other. In the South African context as well, we see so many uh, literal and figurative barriers, walls. We are a country of walls, okay? Uh, we just put up all these walls around ourselves because we are afraid, afraid of what's out there. We're afraid of the other. And it's just so tragic for me. And we do it in the workplace as well, uh, little cubicles. We hide behind them. We stick with our certain cliques uh, in the canteen. But in doing that, we really just not only miss each other, and I think that's tragic in itself, uh, but we start to foster bigger wedges, bigger misunderstanding, bigger fear uh, of people who are different to us. And that then just perpetuates the cycle of wanting to build bigger walls. Yeah. And that's tragic. Absolutely. So I think, you know, take time to connect with people that you wouldn't ordinarily connect with. Yeah. Uh, so, as you say, we, we stick in these little safe spaces at work. So maybe like challenge yourself to step out of that safe hold and go and connect with somebody that you wouldn't ordinarily speak to and find out something about them. Sure. It's always, you know, Brene Brown. Uh, oh, oh, my gosh. My don't fave, even start. No, my, my fave, fave. I'm my fave. fave. <laughs> <laughs> she often talks about the fact that it's really almost impossible unless it's obvious conflict, but it's really impossible to hate someone up close. Um, and I suppose where we're going with this conversation is starting to talk about you know, ways that all of us can start to dismantle those walls and step into vulnerable spaces with one another and get to know each other. And when we start doing that, we'll stop being fearful and hateful of one another. So I don't know, Jane, how do you think that we could start doing that in the workplace? How do you imagine doing it? Well, I mean, if I look, I've never really worked in a normal office environment. So I, you know, work a certain hour of days and I'm, I'm quite lucky that I can be surrounded by the people of my inverted commas choosing. I'm not in a big yeah. office where I'm there from nine until five and I have to deal with what's, what's, you know, there. what's there. But I do find myself gravitating towards certain types of people. Mm. So I suppose the big challenge is to stand out of the safety of the known yeah. and jump into the unknown, but also to be very choosy about who you connect with at work, mm. because there definitely are those people in spaces that want to steal the light, they want to steal the oxygen, they want to be the pivot of stories that are gossip-mongery and yeah. fear-based and scandalous. And, and I'm so glad you're saying that because as much as we want people to make themselves vulnerable and be gentler and kinder and take down some of those barriers, I think by no means are we suggesting that people should take themselves into obviously dangerous spaces. So in terms of preserving that kind relationship with yourself, uh, yeah, definitely stay away from people who you can just tell don't clap for you and uh, they don't have your back. 
And so, watch out for them because they look like good people. Yeah, sure. <laughs> what do we say? Uh, sheeps and wolves' clothes. Wolves and sheep's clothing. Something <laughs> oh, like that. Yeah. Someone's wearing the wrong clothes. That's all we know. So I, I think yeah, we, at the same time in this conversation, it is important that we, we caution people against that. But at the same time, there's some people out there who connect with what your biases are or your reservations are about them and really interrogate them. And I think once you start interrogating them, you probably realize that that's made up stuff. That's not really real. Uh, and we probably can navigate round or through uh, some of those, those things. And so I remember when I was working in, in Japan, which felt so culturally different to what I knew. And, and I came from South Africa where we know multiculturalism and we've got a lot of really great tools of how to, to be with lots of different people in, in one space. Uh, but it was still tricky going into a completely foreign environment and trying to navigate language barriers, cultural barriers, um, work barriers, ideas about work. And I love the story of the guy who next to me at work, he kept sniffing. Uh, and I, I, I keep hearing my mom's voice being like, if you sniff one more time, like you're <laughs> going to be in a lot of trouble. Um, and it's that crazy moment in life when you realize you're becoming your parent. I know, and right? all I wanted to do was parent him and say, stop sniffing. And then another great friend of mine, a South African friend of mine, who oh, is just such a great community builder. His wonderful advice to me was in those kinds of situations where you don't understand or it feels very foreign to you. Probably the best thing you can do in the kindest way and most respectful way possible is, is ask a question. I don't understand this. Uh, it feels different from what, how I would do it, but I want you to under explain it to me. And so, yeah, I made myself really vulnerable. I plucked up the courage, uh, rolled over, and kind of started a conversation about sniffing. Um, he then proceeded to explain to me that the way that he viewed it was that the more he sniffed, as opposed to blowing his nose, the more he kept his germs to himself. <laughs> what an aha moment in my life. I couldn't wait to phone my mother and be like, <laughs> oh boy, have I got news for you. Yeah. Uh, but by having that conversation, his behavior, which was foreign to me, suddenly became so plausible and beautiful in some way. And every time he sniffed after that, I was kind of like giving him thumbs up, uh, winking, like, keep going, mate. Love it. Um, keep them to yourself. Um, and so I think a great way of kind of taking down some of those walls and dismantling them is by asking gentle, kind questions. How are you doing? Not just with waiting for you to say I'm fine. How are you really doing? Or do you have kids? What are you doing this weekend? Uh, start there. Start those conversations with with just gentle questions and see where it takes you. You might be surprised by the response sometimes because as South Africans and maybe citizens of the world, but South Africans in particular, yeah, we kind of view things with a lot of fear and suspicion. Like, why are you asking? Where are you going with this? Uh, don't be over familiar. So if you are the recipient of one of those questions, you also have a responsibility to kind of respond if it's appropriate. The question's not like genuinely creepy. Uh, you know, respond with openness and vulnerability and kindness as well. So it's a two-way street. What I love about kindness is that it is a choice. It's free and it's accessible. So, I mean, you can start implementing kindness into your partnership, your mothering, your work environment, your community right now. Like yeah. right now you can start. Yeah. Uh, but just also as a side note that being kind doesn't mean that you always have to say yes. Absolutely. It needs to be when it feels right. Sure. But be accessible. Yeah.
So being able, I suppose, to to have hard conversations is also an act of kindness. So being able to have conversations about boundaries in the workplace is about preserving relationships and growing relationships because when we feel our boundaries are being transgressed and we don't have conversations about it, that's when resentment, anger, fear starts to build up. And we know the the result of those feelings, of course, uh, is conflict or avoidance, passive-aggressive stuff. And those are so mean and ugly uh, and not nurturing. So sometimes having hard conversations about when you did this, it made me feel this, mm. and in the future I would prefer you to do X, mm. those are acts of kindness as well because we, we're preserving the integrity of relationships when we're doing it. And sometimes saying no to people is an act of kindness to ourselves, but also an act of kindness to them because they become more aware, where maybe they weren't before, of your boundaries and the boundaries within this relationship. I think that's a really great tip. If you'd like to connect with Paul and I, uh, www.kindnesscan.co.za. If your corporate or office space uh, needs some fun kind of activations or content or conversation facilitation, we are here. We're taking Kindness Can into corporate spaces, uh, community spaces, and into classrooms. Uh, We'd love to connect with you. So much love. Yeah, just enjoying having these conversations with everyone out there about kindness. And I think it's such an important message to to spread. So keep listening. Uh, but we really hope more than anything that you take some of our little nuggets from this conversation into your workplace today and try and apply it in your life. Be kind. You've been listening to Kindness Can, the podcast. Find out more at kindnesscan.co.za.